You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Happy New Year, everybody. Come on, Happy New Year, everybody. It's a new season. It's a new day. Type Happy New Year in the chat if you're watching with us online. If you like what you hear today, please feel free to share. Please feel free to interact with the people that are online there with you. They would love to chat with you. They're sitting in a room by themselves saying, hey, somebody online, please talk to us. So we'd love to know where you're watching from. We'd love to see where our message is getting out and going to. It's always, a, all, uh, it's always just a moment of awe where we get to see uh, all the different cities, the states, and even the countries where High Ridge is reaching. That's a big deal to us. Uh, grab your Bibles, if you would. Acts chapter two is where we're going today. I believe that God has something powerful in store for you as we dig into his word. If you're new to the Bible, man, turn to the middle and, and pull to the right. If you don't have a Bible, you have one on your phone. Download that. Or we'll just put it up on the screen for you to read uh, if you're just being lazy. <laughs> but we're grateful that, you have, uh, that you've made it here. I also want to remind you about a very, very important date that's coming up. That's this next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Not this coming week, but the 10th, the 11th, and the 12th. That's our days of uh, prepare, where we're going to have fantastic time spending God's word, fasting, devotion, prophetic word, um, if you've never fasted before, then this is your time to shine. You're gonna enjoy that. Uh, but I wanna just invite you to be a part of that. It's a big deal for you to start out your year asking the Lord uh, for his word, for his direction, for your family, for your finances, uh, for your future. That's a lot of F words in church. I know, that's a little weird. It just sometimes happened that way. <laughs> Acts chapter two, I wanna get to a message called um, the next season. The next season. And there's a beautiful thing that happens in the New Testament at the beginning of the very first church. Uh, uh, something something is, is powerful with what Jesus says is about to happen, and then it happens. So Jesus says to his disciples as he's going away, he says, it's better that I should go. Now I want you to think about the weight of those words. It's better that I should go. Or Jesus is saying, hey, it's better that I'm not here. Can you imagine the look in the disciples' face when Jesus says something like, it's better that I go away. It's better that I go, why? Because the Holy Spirit is gonna come and he is going to empower you to become all that God has called you to do. You see, until this point, people were content to watch Jesus do it. And now Jesus says the Holy Spirit's gonna empower you to do it. And so as he does this, he leads the church into an amazing season. I don't know about you, but sometimes I judge the success of my year by what happens at the baseball winter meetings. Now, for those of us who love baseball, we want to speak to the rest of you who aren't saved yet. And let me just tell you, there's powerful things that happen at those winter meetings. It will tell you when your team walks away and all has been said and done with all the meetings of the general managers, it will tell you what kind of year you're about to have. It'll tell you whether or not you are a buyer or a seller. Now, if your team walks away from the baseball winter meetings with some right-handed pitcher that's had 47 surgeries on both arms, like you're a seller. But if your team walks away with a bunch of high-priced free agents, it lets you know that your team thinks they got something special and they're willing to go all in to try to win right now. I wonder if we were to take a look at your year, to take a look at your life with Christ, to take a look at your devotion to the Lord, would this be a year where you're a buyer or a seller? Would this be a year where you're saying, I'm going all in with God? Or would this be a year saying, you know what? Maybe someday. 
as God walks us into this next season, I think it's important that we look back at Acts chapter two and see what happens when the church walks into a new season. See the decisions that they make around the impartation of the Holy Spirit to see God do incredible things that had never happened before on the face of the planet. Acts chapter two, I want you to notice what happens. It says this, they, being the first church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. I want you to notice those two words, devoted themselves. Somebody say it with me, devoted themselves. And it, it talks about several things they devoted themselves to. Now, when they make a choice to devote themselves to these things, I want you to see what happens. Remember, God has sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus is going off the scene. The Holy Spirit is coming on the scene and the church begins to respond practically to the new season. This is where I think we're finding ourselves right now. We're in a brand new season. It's time for us to respond practically to what the Holy Spirit's doing. And when we do this, we're gonna see what happens just like the first church saw. Look at this, it says, then everyone was filled at awe at the many wonders and the signs. So God began to show up and do things that were incredible. I believe it's in response to two things, the power of the Holy Spirit and the devotion of the believers. I believe that the Holy Spirit has not lost his power. He still can do what his word says he can do. He still heals and just, it just destroys the power of darkness and sin. He still imparts gifts. He still moves in incredible ways. The question is the second part of that. What about the devotion of the believers? It says this, they were filled with awe at the signs and the wonders. And then it goes on to say, and all the believers were together and had everything in common. I want you to see that when the Holy Spirit shows up, selfishness has to back away. It's a sure sign that the Holy Spirit is in a church when you see selfishness beginning to dissipate. It says this, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple's courts and they broke bread together in their homes they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. At the beginning of this chapter, it talks about Peter standing up on the day of Pentecost and he preaches this message to the city. The city was like, you guys must be drunk. And he's like, it's nine in the morning. We're not drunk. I think, that, I think that's proof that there were some Mexicans there because nine in the morning and that, that's a Mexican party. I'm just saying if you know, you know. But 3,000 people responded to the gospel and the Bible says it just kept going. It gained momentum. It began to gather steam. Why? Because the power of God had fallen through the person of the Holy Spirit and they responded with devotion. Are you still with me? They responded with devotion. I think as we're looking at what God did through the first church, it's important to say, is this what God is doing now? And if not, why? Has the Holy Spirit changed or have we changed? And in those moments, it's important for us to respond with honesty and say, okay, Lord, I see it. What do you want me to do? January is the perfect time for you to make some critical decisions in your life about what this year is going to be devoted to. Because in just a... a, a a matter of hours, starting on Monday, you're about to get real busy. 
You're about to get real busy. We say to our staff, life will never get as slow as it is today. It's only gonna speed up. That's not a very encouraging conversation most of the time, but it helps us to understand like, hey, this is not meant to get easier. I've gotta get stronger. I've gotta get more power from the Lord. I've gotta spend more time in his presence because there's greater things still to be done. So I'm gonna have to look at myself honestly in accordance to this word and say, okay, Lord, which part of this do you want me to work on? What are you saying to me today? I think it's important that we look and give ourselves a new season checkup here. Somebody say a checkup. A checkup. Now, when we first uh, began to build this building, uh, we had no money. We had to take a loan from a bank, $2.2 million. That's now down to 1.3 and falling really, really quickly thanks to your generosity. It's doing fantastic in one year. God's done some great things. But in that moment, when we go to ask for a bank, they said, okay, we want a couple things from you, pastor. Number one, you have to make a promise that you're not gonna leave Longview. We want you here. If you're gonna be here, you gotta be here because if we're gonna give you $2 million, we gotta know that you're gonna stay. I said, I ain't going nowhere. You got to bury me. I ain't going nowhere. They said, cool. Second thing, you gotta have this key band insurance, which means we've gotta check your vital signs. We gotta check your body and make sure you ain't lying to us so you don't have some kind of terminal illness going on that says, hey, I'm gonna take $2 million and I'm gonna die. Come get me, you know? And so they have a lady that shows up and she begins to check all my vital signs. She begins to look at my blood pressure and my pulse and she looks in my throat and in my ears and asks me all kinds of questions about my family history. Now, when she gets to the, to the family history part, we walk through all of it. We walk through every kind of past surgery and broken bones and all the crazy stories. Then she says, let me check your blood pressure. She looks at my blood pressure and she says, your blood pressure is off the charts. Something is really wrong. I'm like, you're really wrong. My blood pressure has never been off the charts. I am steady Eddie. I am 120 over 80 all day long and twice on Sundays. I've got perfect blood pressure. Come on, somebody. I said, look at me right here. This is the steady as a rock. She said, no, no, no. You're like, do you feel all right? Because this is way off the charts. I said, you need to check your machine. She said, no, 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 no. The machine's never wrong. I'm like, that machine has to be wrong. I've got good blood pressure. She checks it again. Oh, are you feeling okay? We might need to call somebody. I'm like, I'm fine. It's Monday morning. I'm ready to go. She's like, you got a blood pressure problem here. We can't give you this, this loan. We can't give you insurance. If you've got this kind of blood pressure, I'm like, check it again. She checks it again. It's still bad. I'm like, you need to check your machine. Machine's not wrong. Get a new machine. She says, let me try the old cuff. She comes back in with a cuff and puts that string. I'm like, don't break it. Don't act like you ever thought that. You're like, I'm gonna flex and bust out of this thing. What? Velcro. She says, oh, look at that. 120 over 80. I'm like, I told you, it's your machine. I'm perfect. You know, those vital statistics will tell you a little bit about your health. They'll tell you about what's going on on, on the inside. They won't lie to you. And I think as we look at God's word, there's some things that God word, God's word screams back at us that tells us be honest about what you're seeing in yourself and what God is asking of the church. And don't let the numbers lie to you. Don't make yourself believe something that's not really true. Let's look at the numbers. Let's look at the statistics. Let's look at the vital signs and ask ourselves some honest questions. There's some things that I believe that we should check as we're walking into a new season. I wanna give you a chance to respond to that. Number one, if you're a note taker, I wanna give you four things to check according to Acts chapter two that the first church had in place that God is still asking us to check today. First of all, I'm gonna have to check my devotion. 
Check my devotion. It says, they devoted themselves. I think for many of us, we think devotion happens in response to a feeling. And more of us would be devoted to God if you would just help me to feel a certain way. Devotion is a feeling. No, no, no. Devotion is a choice, not a feeling. As a matter of fact, when you're looking at the word, the word for devotion in the original language is proskaterio, um, which sounds like a, a, a white person trying to describe Tony Hawk's pro skater game to someone that only speaks Spanish. Proskaterio. Like, do you notice how white people just put an O at the end of every word and say that's Spanish? Don't laugh. Some of you do it all the time. El lunch-o. That, that, that doesn't mean lunch. That's not what that means. Proskaterio, which prost meaning with, katerio meaning steadfast strength. When it says they devoted themselves to this, that means they put some strength behind it, some faith behind it. They were all in. As we're looking at that word devotion, they devoted themselves. It gives us a deeper understanding of how much they had invested into this thing. So when the power of God falls through the Holy Spirit, the people begin to respond with steadfast strength. As I'm looking at those words, it doesn't describe my life. I would describe my life as with sometimes strength. Come on, let's be honest. But they responded with a choice of being all in. And then God began to do signs and wonders and miracles, insane things that had never before happened in the story of mankind because the Holy Spirit fell and the people responded with devotion. If we wanna see God do great things this year, I'm gonna ask you to check your devotion. Check your commitment. Check your all inness. if I can just make up a word for a second. I think many of us believe that God can do things. Many of us wanna see God do incredible things as long as it requires nothing of me. As long as it means I can just sit here and enjoy it and say, yep, I knew it, I could have called it. Yep, that's pretty cool, I've seen God do that before. That's not what it's talking about here. It says they devoted themselves. I wanna check my devotion. I wanna invite you to check yours as well. Over the next uh, couple of weeks as we begin to fast, and to pray and seek the Lord and begin to hear prophetic words. If you've, if you've never been involved in any of that, this is a good chance for you to get your feet wet. It's gonna be really, really good. We're gonna show you what devotion looks like as we do things like cut out food, cut out ugh, caffeine, cut out sugar. As we do things like withdraw from media, the things that we bring into our life every day that don't add to our devotion, but just kind of take up a lot of time, a lot of energy, you know, fasting is a spiritual discipline that's gonna add amazing things to your life. But many believers have forgotten all about it. Devotion is a choice. It's not a feeling. So let's check my devotion. Here's the second thing we're gonna check. Number two, I have to check my giving. Check my giving. Let me just, let me just be your pastor for a moment and tell you, number one, I love you. I love you very, very much. But one of the greatest hindrances we see to the people getting blessed by the Spirit of God, for people moving to the next step, is watching the way that they take their money and use it for selfish gain. God can't trust you with more because that money that he's blessed you with is just for you. Money's a big issue for people to ever see anything more of God. 
And you know this is something in your heart with the, when, when I just mention it, giving or money, and something begins to quicken in your spirit. It may be negative, it may be positive, but your heart jumps. You may get angry, you may have a flash of anxiety. That's your vital screaming at you, something's wrong here. Something's wrong here. I wanna encourage you in those moments to allow the Holy Spirit to get you to respond to it. Say, okay, Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying? And many of us have dug in our heels so much about giving because we're so afraid that somebody else is gonna misuse money. Let me just tell you this. If it's the Lord's, it doesn't belong to you anyway. Let him take care of his. He's perfectly capable of doing that. People are always gonna do crazy and dumb things with money. But don't let that be you. You still with me? Check my giving. Notice it says, they sold possessions and property to give. Not to get, not to gain, to give. When was the last time that you sold something in order to be able to give something? You see, generosity is a response to the grace of God. Generosity is a response to the workings of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, I'll say it this way. A sure sign of a changed heart is a change of priorities and generosity. What you used to think is important is no longer important. How many toys I can have, how many houses I can own, how many cars I can drive, if I have the latest and the greatest and the best, or even if I have enough. All of a sudden, it doesn't matter. Why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit's here, and that's not my God anymore. I've got something better. And I trust him. This is a difficult place for a lot of believers to ever get. This is as far as some will ever go in God is that place where they hit the wall of money and possessions. And Jesus speaks to this in Luke chapter 16 when he says, you can't serve two masters. And we still try to do that today. We still try to believe that I have control of my money when scripture is very clear that the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. That means that he's loaning it to you and seeing what you do with it. He says this, you're gonna be devoted to one and despise the other. And then just to make sure that you're very clear what he's talking about, he says, you can't serve God and money. Let me check my giving. Do I wanna see God do amazing things? Do I wanna see the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit? Could it be that my giving is keeping me from seeing that? Could it be that God's doing amazing things, but money has kept me in a place where I can't see the fullness of God? Could that be you? I know for a fact it's been me at multiple points in my life because I know what it's like to not have what I believed was enough and to worry about can I make it happen? In those moments, who becomes God? I do. And my trust goes out the window. Let me check my giving. What does it tell me? Who's really in control here? Is it God? Or is it the money that I know will never be enough? It's never enough. Here's the third thing as we're looking at how to do a little checkup. I have to check my peopling. Peopling. I want you to notice this, that it says they were meeting together and eating together. They went to church on Sunday in the temple courts. Then they went from house to house. They went from rows to circles 
ate some meals together. It says they were devoted to one another. This is where a lot of believers will get to and never, ever cross over. Why? Because being around people runs a risk of getting hurt. Let me just tell you this. You're right. 100% chance if you hang around people, even great believers, at some point, somebody's gonna say something that upsets you or you're gonna say something that upsets somebody else. Why? Because you're human. And people have bad days and people have misunderstandings. People have disconnections and misconnections. And people will say things that are dumb. And sometimes it was you. Let me just say that people are gonna drain you. People are gonna hurt you. Some of the greatest hurts you will ever experience in your life will be through people. But some of the greatest moves of God you will ever see will not happen alone. It's gonna be through people working together. It's a necessary risk. Will people drain you? Yes. Will they hurt you? Yes. Will it be hard? Yes. But does God work through groups of people? 100% of the time. Yes, he does. Check my peopling. How does that sit with my heart? The moment that I walk into a group of people, the moment that I make a choice to get into a group, the moment that I make a choice to go deeper, there's something that happens in me when it's like, I don't like this, then good. That's exactly where you should be. You know, there's something in this Bible that we've, uh, that we've thrown out. It's called perseverance. And sometimes perseverance means going against what you want to do to do what God's word says you should do. Let me check my peopling for just a moment. You know, it's very, very easy with a year like 2020 and 2021 for them to affect 2022. And they'll put you into some really, really bad habits. One of the things that 2020 taught us is that life is pretty good alone. Some of us say, I've been practicing for quarantine my whole life. This is my, this is my best life. When no one can talk to me and everyone's six feet, like, how great is this? How great is it? Never felt more alive than when everyone's dying. Like. <laughs> it's easy for us in those moments to make a habit of being alone. I've, defound, I, I've discovered that what we're devoted to is what we're gonna make habits out of. And when we devote ourselves to ourselves, you make a habit out of being by yourself. That habit becomes a stronghold that it's difficult to break out of. Is life easier when you're alone? Yeah. You don't have to worry about other people's drama. You can just deal with your own. But you're not gonna see God's hand move that way. The writer of Hebrews speaks to this. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says, don't give up meeting together as some of you are in the habit of doing. You've given up on that. Why? Because people rub each other the wrong way. There's a little friction sometimes or turns out that lady in the group is a little cuckoo. And if you think, no, my group is perfect. There's nobody cuckoo. It's probably you. You're living your best life. Everyone else is like, we're persevering with oh, so-and-so. Check your peopling. Don't get into the habit of being by yourself. It's time to get back in a group. You need it. It's good for you. Why? Because we need to be encouraging one another. It says, don't give up meeting as you've gotten into the habit of. What are you supposed to be in the habit of? Encouraging each other. You're gonna need it. 
Last point, we'll finish up with this. We're checking our devotion. We're checking our giving. Let me check my people and see what that, what that number tells me. Uh, last one, enjoy the favor. Enjoy the favor. Life has a way of just sucking the joy out of a year with things like COVID and masks and vaccines and elections and this and that. God, never ends. You can't enjoy it. But it says when the power of the Holy Spirit fell and the people devoted themselves, they went all in with God, they found favor. And it, this is something I've never even noticed until I read this again last night. One last time before I spoke on this one, it says, enjoy favor with, with God. It says, favor with people. Yes. With people. So as I'm getting closer to the Lord, something begins to unlock in the supernatural, begins to spread out around people. There's favor that's released. Some of the greatest things that God's gonna release is gonna come through people. God shows his favor through people. Hmm. You know, uh, for some of us, those habits, man, those habits from from. 2020 and 2021, they have a way of affecting our love for people, our ability to group, our, our desire to be around anybody or to do anything of importance because we'd kind of just gotten off track and made some bad habits. But it, re- it reminded me the very first time that I flew on an airplane. I was flying to California to meet some family and took a great flight out of DFW, big, big airplane. But that second half of the flight was in this tiny little like 10 person plane. And when you're flying for the first time, this is not ideal because I don't understand what's going on. So it's nighttime, we're flying across the Grand Canyon, fly right into an electrical storm, and I'm convinced we're all gonna die. These people have their AirPods on, and they're doing this, and they're sipping their champagne. I'm like, have you, do you guys know Jesus? Because we're going down. We're gonna hit something hard. This is the end of all of us. You know, Your life is flashing before your eyes, and it's not very long. Like Maybe I should start it again from the beginning. <laughs> but it has a way of affecting everything else that you do. It has a way of affecting every other flight that you get on. What is that time for you? Was it a relationship that went bad? You kind of carry the wounds into the next one. Was it a bad church? That you carry the wounds from one season into the next, from one church to the next, from one relationship to the next. We have a way of doing that. But I believe there's a return to innocence. There's a new season happening where God is saying, I want you to enjoy the favor. I want you to see what the scripture locks together. This is important. This may be the most important thing that I say. It locks together praising God and enjoying the favor. Praising God, enjoying the favor. I wonder if maybe the reason why we're not enjoying the favor could be found in our praise. When was the last time that you really praised him? It's hard to praise God when you're walking through years like 2020, but that's exactly when you should be praising him. The Bible says that God surrounds the righteous with favor like a shield. I need that shield. I need his favor. He locks praising him in favor together. I found that in some of the worst moments of my life, if I could find a way to praise God, if I could learn how to thank him in the midst of a storm, I discovered that there's incredible favor there. 
And I can look back when I've passed through that time and say, wow, look how God met me. I didn't think I was going to get through, but he met me there. Some of the greatest memories that you'll have and some of the greatest stories that you'll ever tell were not from those mountaintop experiences, but for the times when you had to praise God and it, it wasn't convenient and it wasn't easy. And it was difficult. And it was hard when you got the diagnosis that you didn't want. When you got the end result of things that you weren't sure were, were gonna be able to navigate through. And you praise him and you find favor. Some of the greatest stories my, my children tell when we talk about spoken blessing and they're talking about our lives and the, the moments that they share are times where it was extremely difficult for me, but they were living their best life. There were times where I was a single dad to two kids and they talk about some of their favorite moments or when we had uh, crackers, saltine crackers, where they would put peanut butter and jelly on crackers. They didn't know, we couldn't afford bread. We had $80,000 in drug debt that I'm trying to pay off. We've got nothing. And I'm a single dad raising two kids by myself, eating peanut butter and jelly on crackers. And they're like, this is the greatest moments of our life. This is awesome. As a matter of fact, my kids won't eat peanut butter and jelly on crackers unless I make it. Because it's a great memory for them. I learned to praise God and to enjoy the favor even when the circumstances don't seem ideal. No matter what your circumstances, no matter what you're walking through today, there's a reason to praise God. There's a reason to thank him. There's a reason to give him glory. There's a reason to give him honor. It doesn't matter what you feel like. Devotion is a choice. Praise is a choice. It's a choice. I found this to be true. I want to say it this way. My life gets better when I'm not consumed with what I don't have, but praising God for what he's already given me. I want you to take a moment and let that statement sink in. My life gets better. Not when I get the next toy. Not when I find the right relationship. Not when I find Mr. Right. Not when I finally get my paycheck. Not when I finally get this thing I've been longing for. But when I start praising God for what he's already given me. I find favor. I find contentment. And it surrounds me like a shield. Psalm 512 says, you bless the righteous Lord and you cover him with favor like a shield. I'm praying that that would be the word of God over your year, that God would bless you, that you would live a righteous life, that God would cover you with his favor like a shield. Can you receive that today? Is that okay? Lord, I want your covering. I want your favor. I want it to shield me. And in response, I'm gonna live the most righteous life I've ever lived in the, in the history of my life. I'm gonna devote myself to you. Let me remind you, life's about to get really, really busy. And you've got, history tells us, about two weeks to make some major decisions of what you're gonna devote yourself to. And there are a lot of things in your world that are gonna scream for your devotion. Your kids' sports, your job, your toys, your accomplishments, the next ring on the corporate ladder, whatever it may be. What are you devoted to? And could it be that what you're devoted to is not what God would ask you to be devoted to? I think there's a possibility of you having the most incredible year you've ever had. But it starts with getting a word from God and devoting yourself to that word. As we finish up today, I want to invite you to bow your head and, and close your eyes and if you're watching online, would you take a moment and do us a huge favor by clicking that share button? 
It always means a lot to us when you're able to do that. Thank you for that. As we're finishing up today, I wanna invite you to bow your head, close your eyes and, and pray with me. The prayer is very, very simple. Pray this, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? I think for many of us in this room, if we're gonna be honest, what God's word is saying to us as we're doing this checkup is it's time. It's time to go deeper. It's not time to back up. You've been there. You've made a habit out of it. It's time to go deeper, to go farther with God than you've ever gone, to be devoted to things that matter, to things that will produce an eternal difference, not a temporary smile. Let me pray for you right where you are. Father, I believe that your word can speak to us and tell us exactly what we need to hear, that your word sets the stage for the rest of this year. Your word tells us where to go, what to do, how to do it. And your word is screaming at us today to check our devotion. Are we in this thing? Or are we playing games with you? Are we believing that you can do great things, but we're not responding with anything practical? Lord, sometimes it's easy for us to expect you to do it all and let ourselves out of any obligation to do our part. Lord, would you forgive us for expecting you to move and doing nothing in response to your great grace, doing nothing in response to your Holy Spirit. Lord, forgive us for that. That's not who we are. It's not who you've called us to be. Lord, you've been good to us. So we take a moment to submit and surrender to you and to ask you to lead the way. Lord, would you bless my friends as we make some decisions. This year, I pray that this would truly be a new season. In Jesus' name every head bowed and every eye closed as we finish up today I want to invite you to pray a prayer especially if you're away from God and you need to come home you know it you've been away from God you may have been raised in church but you found yourself at a place where you're you're far from a relationship with God I want to help you to come home it's time for others of us you may have no idea what happens at the end of your life you're not sure if you're going to heaven you're not sure what happens at the end of it all I want to help you to take a step today towards the Lord. You may say, how do I do that, pastor? I'm not sure how to do that. Let me help you like somebody helped me one time by leading you into prayer. The prayer goes like this. Repeat this prayer with me. I'll tell you what to say. You can do it out louder in your heart. It doesn't matter. The most important thing is that you believe it. But pray this prayer with me. Just say this. Say, Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I believe that you came and died but rose from the grave so that I could have life and forgiveness for all of my sins. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to save me. Come into my heart and take over. I give my life to you right now. I'm all in. In Jesus' name I pray. 
And with every head bowed and every eye closed, my friend, if that was just you and you prayed that prayer with me, go ahead and look up at me if you would and just lift your hand and say, that was me, Pastor. I pray with you, good. Good. Anyone else here today? I pray with you, Pastor. I took that step. Well, if you're watching online, I would, I'd be so, so proud of you if you'd take a next step. It's by sending a text. It's that easy. Text the words, I prayed to 844-HRC-TEXT. I prayed, 844-HRC-TEXT. If you'll send me that, we'll send you back a free copy of what we've prepared for you to help you take the next step. We, we believe that your journey with Christ has just started and we wanna help you keep going. It would be our greatest honor to help walk you through what to do next. God bless you. Good for you. Howard's family, go ahead and look up at me to stand to your feet if you would. As we finish up today, I'm gonna to invite our elders and their wives to the front to be able to be available to pray with you about anything that you might need prayer for. We believe that God still answers prayers and we would love to be a part of your journey and to help see the hand of God move right where you are. If you're watching online, you've got a prayer request, we would love to pray for you as well. You're more than welcome to type your prayer request in there or send us a DM if you like. We would love to pray for you. For everyone else, let me pray for you and bless you as we go. Father, I pray that you bless my friends with an incredible week following after you and all that you say and all that you do. Would you bless this year? Would you surround us with your favor like a shield? We give you the praise, the honor and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you wanna be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit highridgelv.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.